Hello, welcome to What She's Thinking. I'm your host, Greg Schwartz, your coach for online dating. I'm asking a group of women questions on dating, sex, and other topics, all submitted by men like you. To get your questions answered, go to makeonlinedatingfun.com slash questions. So here's the interview. Uh, my name is Patricia. I'm 37. I'm from the East Coast, and I've lived in four different countries. Uh, I'm a startup founder, and I travel a lot around the world, but I'm based in San Francisco for now. And I've always been in monogamous relationships. In dating, I think that I'm I'm kind of full spectrum. When it's specifically a date, I'm probably uh, slower to warm up than if it's just meeting up with friends and doing something fun or meeting up with someone new and doing something fun with less of a context around dating. And uh, I'm, I, I, I don't know, I think I open up on details and I'm happy to share anything, but I probably don't like get super crazy uh, and, you know, too early on or ever, maybe. I don't know if I ever get really crazy. When you say crazy, do you mean enthusiasm or do you mean like Crazy like wild party? What's crazy mean there? Yeah, any of that. Okay. So not not like large levels of enthusiasm, not, you know, going to a wild party. Yeah, I have a pretty even-keeled temperament. In cool. fact, my ex says that I'm the most even-keeled female that he's ever met. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> my mother always says the happiest people are happy couples. The next happiest people are single women. Uh, so... Uh, I've spent a lot of time not in relationships and had some also good relationships. Uh, and I would love a long-term dedicated relationship, but I've always um, prioritized making sure that I am meeting friends and have all the other things in my life. And I, I do think friendship is critical to um, to determine if I can also be in a relationship with someone. I'm uh, Anna. Um, I grew up in French Caribbean, um, which probably is a very different culture in terms of um, dating, whatever that means, in terms of relationship between men and women, um, in terms of arts, dancing, and uh, intimacy, touch, everything is different. <laughs> Yet, there are some similarities, obviously. Um, I lived in four different countries for the past six years. I've been traveling a lot. I've been to Australia, where people would say to me that I have, um, that I can be too physical at times. <laughs> um, I think there was a word for that. Oh, public display of affection, PDA. I've been told that in the street. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> there is a word for that. Um, Anyway, and then after I moved to Singapore, and then I moved to Dallas, Texas, and then San Francisco. And San Francisco is definitely one of the best places on earth when you don't know what dating means, uh, which means basically if you don't value date or whatever that means, then San Francisco is a really great city because everything else go before that. As opposed to other cities where dating is like, a part of your life um, in a way, or being with someone or raising a family, having children, dog, yards, whatever. Dating is not my priority right now. I like meeting people. I like um, to test chemistry. 
I like when things are new and exciting. Um, so I'm probably not the match um, for people who are very in a hurry to be in a relationship. Um, I take my time to be friend. I take my time to be intimate. Uh, although intimacy in terms of vulnerability, I'm not talking about physical intimacy where I can I can be physical intimate with someone without actually knowing them personally, but I differentiate actually my emotion and my, my body. Um, and I found men here, um, very enthusiastic, very fast. And I'm not sure where it's coming from, but if you are to me too enthusiastic, you can also leave as fast as you arrive. Um, and um, that's why I really uh, like a pace that feels good. Um, and yeah, that's my dating style, I guess. Um, yeah, making sure we are friends first. If we cannot be my friend, actually, you cannot really be a lover. Um, and you have to be a little kinky, a little nothing too <laughs> crazy. Um it's great to stare at each other's eye for 30 minutes, but at some point <laughs> we need to go through another step. Um, and, uh, and when it changes, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of nicer, I found. Um, I do not judge though. Um, sex will be always nice anyway. It doesn't have to be crazy doesn't have to be all the time amazing um if there is a connection and if we can laugh um because sex sometimes is just to release uh whatever we need to release it's not like oh we need to have that bone every single time i don't think it's after we match if you don't respond the first time i send a message should i send another yes i mean you can miss a message because if you're not on your phone all the time you it happens that sometimes you just forget to reply. Mm -hmm. I would say, I mean, the reality is, is that everyone's really busy. Uh, and just like I don't respond to every email I get, uh, I also don't respond to every message I get. It's good to send a message, but you might, for example, if you send a message that says, hey, what's up, or something that has no substance to it, it might be good to say, hey, I noticed this about you. Uh, and I'd love to talk to you more because I like that too, or uh, something that shows you've actually paid any real attention to the profile, either the written or the the the, the images. And actually, as a comment, um, when you send a note with a photo and just send like a heart or a like or something, I feel like that comes off as a little sketchy. And I'd rather you say, "Hey, where is this?" or you know. I don't know, try to guess or something. Be a little bit creative and show that you care about something. Cool. So it sounds like you both agree on that, but right? you're adding the caveat of, honestly, like I teach my guys, you really want to send a good message, not just like, hey, and then, hi, how's your day as the second message. You want to send something about their profile. Yeah. And I would also say that uh, sometimes, you know, the nature of these apps, for example, if that's what we're talking about, uh, is that people swipe on multiple people. And if they get multiple likes all at once and then everyone sends them a message it is hard to keep track of everyone and if you actually want to get the attention you might want to try a few times and not obsessively um but with a healthy kind of 
spacing in between, like, you know, twice in a week, separated by a few days. Um, and then maybe you try one more the next week. And then, you know, if I don't know. I travel a lot, so maybe it's nice to try a few weeks later if you're really interested. Uh, if you still don't hear anything, they're probably not interested. Yeah. Or well, too busy. <laughs> or that, yes. Right. So as background, we've gotten a number of questions about Instagram. And the behavior that seems to be coming up is a woman will match with a man on a dating app, but then not respond to his message and follow him on Instagram. So that's the, the context on the, I, I understand the confused look. I have it too. So the question is, after we match, if you follow me on Instagram, what's the next step? Do we talk there or do we talk on the dating app? I wouldn't do that. So I don't know. And I think it's a little bit weird. Um, I suppose if I chose to follow someone on Instagram versus just look at their profile on Instagram, it would suggest an interest. And yes, I would say everyone has a preference on how which form of communication they use, whether it's text message or an app or Instagram. So I guess I would follow up. I have to admit, I'm a little confused by this question. Um, so I don't see any bridge between a dating app and Instagram. Um, a lot of dating apps have a Instagram, Instagram section, so they integrate it for yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So honestly, I have no particular um, opinion about that question. I feel like um, we are going on dating app for various different reasons and internal motives. Um, if I see you on a dating app, there's very few chances that I'm going to check anywhere else. Most of the time, I don't even know the name, <laughs> I guess. Um, and I don't expect you to know uh, or to make the bridge between my account. Um, I think if it happens, it happens and we meet. If it doesn't happen, then... That's okay. It's dating app, so it's also very quantitative anyway. Um, yeah. Who pays on the first date? What do you prefer? I, I secretly like when, when the guy pays first, uh, but I usually always offer to pay. Uh, I don't specifically think that men should have to pay first, but probably most women still like the gesture and the extra effort associated with with paying and then even i would say even if i offer it's very nice when someone says no don't worry about it or even better it's clear that he's going to pay from the beginning so you don't even have to have the awkwardness around who's going to pay or not uh yeah i think that's some of those kind of more chivalrous things that i think are particularly uncommon in places like san francisco are are very nice yeah definitely what about you well, I I used to actually pay for the first date um, if I didn't feel like it, there was a connection, um, pay or or sometimes have. Uh, now I still prefer that someone is inviting me and maybe they propose to pay, and I will always also suggest um, to pay half. Now, whether. Whether he pays or not won't really affect um, the whole conversation that we are having. And actually, I prefer that it's not called a date. 
To be honest, I prefer when we just hang out or we do an activity or something like that. But um, the whole thing of a date, actually, I'm not very comfortable with that. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Uh, I I don't like it when it's clearly a date either because realistically, you're going to go on a number of dates. And if you just classify or bucket people in that category, uh, I think it's narrowing. And it's also too much pressure with one kind of objective in mind. Uh, so I would agree with you. Yeah. And actually, that's that's a kind of a good tip in general. Um, but it's nice if someone suggests su- suggest something, then pays. And it's even better if it's not just kind of a meal, at some activity. And if it goes well, then maybe yeah. you're going to go get a meal or a drink or something. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. And that's why dating apps are really nice when you're traveling, <laughs> not when you are in your own city. Because when you're traveling, you have a very short amount of time of pleasure in general. So you would probably just do an activity, but you will be by yourself if you haven't anticipated first. So you will just like go on dating apps. Oh, this person is here, local. I don't know, just personal preference. And there's less pressure because... Yeah. And there's less pressure because you're visiting and, you know, it's smooth. <laughs> That's you know, interesting because I've actually usually heard the opposite from people I've talked to that they don't like being on dating apps when they're traveling because nothing can come of it long term. So I, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, how does it... How does sort of those two different things that, work I, in I your think mind? you're also talking to frequent travelers. Um and uh, I think, yeah, yeah. I, I actually really like to just meet new people. And sometimes I don't want to do anything with people. But otherwise, it's nice to find someone local. And, yeah, I mean, re- the reality is if you're looking for a long-term relationship to come out of it, that may not happen. But, again, if you're always just kind of that narrow about what you're looking for, uh, I yeah. think it's actually going to be harder to find what you're really looking for anyhow. Mm. And I think you're also in a very different mindset when you travel. You're actually more receptive, more open to meet strangers. Uh, you probably be smiling in the street at locals, uh, which doesn't necessarily happen with this exact same woman in her own city. Or at least me. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's a good point, by the way. Dating maps are more fun when you're not in your own city. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> What's a good first date activity and what's one that's boring or overdone? And, you know, since you both have said you kind of prefer not calling it a date, feel free to just think of it as a first meeting. But what things do you like doing then? Um, well, for me, um, sharing an activity that I love, like dancing or improv theater, then it's, it's great. Now, if you also want to introduce me to one of your activity that I don't know, then I actually find it pretty sexy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm fine with just meeting up for a drink or coffee the first time. Uh, and maybe that's actually better because realistically people, you know, are sensitive about their time. Uh, but beyond that, I really like uh, getting out to nature. So a hike, uh, I've gone biking, uh, I go, you know, rock climbing, uh, going to like some kind of festival or something that's going on. Uh, Yeah, I think that's good because then you actually can learn much more than just doing a coffee or a meal because you see how the other person behaves in the context of 
something hopefully that you're also excited about or or know that they're excited about. Yeah, I actually agree a lot with what you said. Hiking is really a good one. And I actually went camping with uh, with a guy. On a first date? On the first, uh, not someone from an app, but I met him just once before. And then we we're like, why not? Cool. Okay. I would not recommend it in all situation, right? <laughs> Understandable, but you had um, a good experience. With I that. had a good experience, and I and I felt it. Um, our energy were aligned, mm. <laughs> I guess. So, um, what did that mean that your energy was aligned? Um, that's my intuition working in some ways as well. Um, it means that I could, I knew I could go camping with that guy. You just knew. You just like oh. You know that if it's work, it works. But if it doesn't work, I think the relationship will still work, which I think is good. So was that like you felt safe with him? I felt safe, yes. Going camping in winter with that guy, yeah. Yeah. So how have you evolved in your dating preferences from your 20s to your 30s? Oh, no, I can't go with that. <laughs> I can't go with that question. <laughs> She's covering her face and laughing. And um, well, um, I'll make it short. Uh, my uh, preferences in terms of men and dating, actually both, have totally changed between my twenty and my thirties. Uh, and I'm seeing, um, I'm, I see myself being attracted to a very different type of man that I used to be attracted. Um, and dating preferences is, yeah, now I like meetups group. I like group of people. I like going to festival and weekends, um, sharing a long activity as well, like few days. I think it's, it's fun. And before I would go on a date, like regular date, coffee, lunch or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, but not so much the dating aspect of it, mostly like type of, of men and yeah. So what's changed from the type of man? What was the type of man before that you were interested in in your 20s? Good question. Um, the type of man I was interested in before were um, um, Sorry. Okay, well, the type of man I was interested in I was simply uh, interested in the way they talk, their their bodies, probably more than before than now. That's not something um, to be embarrassed by. That's, that's a very true. reasonable thing. That's true. Um, I had a sexual attraction that was very very strong right at the beginning. Um, right now, it's different. I'm interested in men that I might not have been interested in before. It has evolved as well because I moved to different places, so it's not the same community. And um, yeah, I've been dating, um, for instance, mostly uh, black men before. And then I moved overseas. I moved to Australia, and then here, and and then I started to date like white more. And then, and then even in San Francisco, Asian. <laughs> that I don't didn't know so many Asian men before. Uh, so, 
yeah, so it has involved ethnically, but also the age range, um, body type, <laughs> pretty much every aspect, yeah. And the, the level of consciousness, how they talk, if they are self-composed or very agitated or um, how do they regulate their emotion. I mean, there's so much stuff. And what yeah. about in your 30s now? Um, well, I've been dating very different men um, and mostly um, older men. Yeah. Sometimes like 10 years older, uh, which is very new. Um very new to me, at least. Uh, and yeah. How about for you? How has it changed <laughs> from your 20s to your 30s? I, I'm smiling because in my 20s, so I was in New York, uh, and I was either in longer term relationships or, um, you know, I guess in between that I tried to, I met people at bars, which is probably not the best way to do it. Um, but uh, I dated much older men then. Or my longest relationship with someone 15 years older than me. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, but in between that, it was trying to meet people mostly at bars. And I don't really, yeah, again, I don't think that's a great way to do it. Uh, and then in my, and then when I, living abroad and things like that, I think I did rely more on apps and things like that because you're either traveling or it's a smaller scene and there start, start to be the same groups that you hang out with all the time. So to meet anyone new, that's when apps become helpful or even to just meet new friends, honestly. I mean, I still think that physical appearance is important also because I think health and fitness and a commitment to fitness is important. And I want to be able to see that someone's taking care of themselves, not that they just say it. Beyond that, it's... I do like conversations where people ask real questions and want to actually get to know you and will also share. So recently I had a really interesting conversation or a number of conversations where it was not what's so great or perfect about you or let me try to show off to you uh, and impress you with the perfect date or the perfect experience. It was, it was actually like, what kind of crazy are you? Or what are the weird hangups that you have? And maybe that's a little bit intense the first time, but the reality is, is you need to know what to connect on. And maybe you'll find out you you don't get along based on those things. Um, but you know, yeah, totally. Agree you could still be that. friends or something, right? Or you can just determine faster, more efficiently that maybe it's not you know not a good fit. And that kind of vulnerability can be very connecting because you are showing off stuff that, that you're very, you know, vulnerable about, but because you're being vulnerable, you then feel more open with someone. Yeah. And so as long as you're not like, wow, that kind of crazy is a complete turnoff. If it's something you can connect or empathize on. I do think if you share too much too quickly, it can still scare people off because the reality is, is that's just how we think. Right. I think there's something strange about me though, because I, as, as I've gotten older, uh, I, I've met more people that have been married before, have gone, gotten divorced. Uh, and I actually have found that a lot of the, the men are more thoughtful if they're not completely like, traumatized or um, still kind of going through it. I think they're much more thoughtful because they've hopefully reflected on. Oh, totally. I actually yeah. only like meeting uh, divorced men <laughs> for some reason. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I also so. prefer, well, I don't know about that, if I prefer that, but I, I think I've noticed a trend that they're more thoughtful and also not, haven't lived this perfect life. They've, they've had some exposure to non-perfect things and how to resolve them. I also personally have mostly found dating European men uh, and non-Americans much better because of the things I said before, which is a little bit of chivalry, just in little ways. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like, you know, some men that even walk on the outside of you, I don't really care. No one needs to protect me. But it's kind of cute that they try or that they try to you know, open the door. It, it's, and- it's fascinating because I'm doing the opposite. I'm not I'm not dating any uh, French or European. It's only American right now. Yeah. Um, and when you said that you were, when you were 20, you were actually dating like older men and maybe not so much right now. And me, I'm doing exactly the opposite. When I was 20, I was actually dating men that were my age, never like younger, but my age and really like <laughs> my age, <laughs> So, so whatever be- that means. Um, yeah. Well, but to, to be fair, I figured out that I've just always dated men roughly in their mid-30s. <laughs> so regardless, so I'm, you know, I'm 37. And it just seems like I still kind of keep averaging toward mid-30s. And apparently I started that when I was 20. Interesting. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. But for me, I know why it is because I grew up uh, with around a lot older people. So I was very comfortable mm. around my parents friends and things like that and so i don't know maybe that's that's it who knows i guess for me that was my first boyfriend i was 15 and he was 18 um and there's a gap difference when you are in high school but um besides of that i i used to date pretty much my age range or a little older but not like much older and right now it's like mostly the 10 years old how important is it that your partner be emotionally present during sex? And if so, what does emotional presence look like for you? I mean, I would say what really, this is not during sex, but what really irritates me is when somebody looks at their phone right afterwards. Um, You know, you could wait. (laughs) (laughs) Could stay present, uh, you know, for a little bit longer. Uh, And... That's that's my main commentary. It's obviously probably checking in, not just assuming that everything you're doing is great, because uh, I've definitely noticed that, uh, technically speaking, a lot of men seem to think they're doing something great and be off the mark. Now, I do agree with, with you. It, ha- it has to be present in some ways. But if it's a long-term relationship, you're not going to be present every time in the same ways. Um Sometimes it's going to be very quick. Well, first, I want to feel that you are making love to me um, at least 80% of the time. <laughs> There's a 20% where, okay, you only wanted to jerk off this morning, and that's fine. <laughs> but 80% of the time, I have to feel like this is, um, you are doing it for me or because of me, whatever. So just to make sure the guys are hearing... of the time you want him to be having sex to pleasure you. And if 20% of the time it's for his pleasure, that's okay. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 this is not what I'm saying. I'm saying I want to feel that he wants to make love to me and not just wants to make love, dot. And how does he 
think of that? Because most guys are going, I have no idea what you're talking about. So how can he figure out, okay, now I'm making love to my woman rather than I'm just having sex? So that's a very good point. Um, at least if, um, if I have the feeling, and that's the feeling, so that's a perception anyway. If I have the feeling that the way he looked at me, the way he touched me, the, uh, what he's doing on my body, knowing what I like, I believe that he's making love to me. Now what's going on in his head at the same time, you know, it's outside of my control anyway. Um, and I think it's something that is reasonable to ask. Um, but there are times, especially in a long-term relationship, where things can get a little robotic, mechanic, and you're feeling, oh, it's not really me. It's just like he needs to make love right now. That was what that, That's what I mean, right? So it sounds like what you're saying is doing things that he knows you like and doing things that are really focused on you rather than sort of mechanical. Is that right? Rather than mechanical, yes. And I would say also, you know, there's this thing called foreplay that some men know about and some don't, but I bet you can Google it. Uh, and Oh, don't worry. We'll go there soon. Yeah, and I think it's not just – or being conscious of not just rushing the process and, like, trying to rip off clothes and get it done. It's like you could actually try to make the female feel like you care about her and want to please her. And if that means asking, do you like this, um, and trying a few different things, that's – sometimes I actually find it annoying to be asked too much. And I think a lot of women actually – or maybe not – would ideally like someone to be able to read their mind – but, a you know, you can ask... A of women have said that they would like men to read their mind not, on this yeah. podcast. So Yeah. And, you know, but maybe not, you... you not tr- me. Read my body. Not well, my that mind. Would, <laughs> that would be even better, but I feel like that's an acquired skill over time. So perhaps... But I think that means, you know, maybe not in the moment, but afterwards even saying, hey, like, you know, what do you like? So that at least next time you can remember and take those notes and then try what she said she liked uh, and not necessarily ruin that moment. Because I think I think it's been it's very rare that you see a guy actually demonstrating that he's trying or, you know, and actually getting the feedback around it. So so maybe he thinks he's trying, but if you're not getting the actual feedback from the other side. Yeah. And at yeah. some point, if the woman never gives you feedback, then it's her fault. <laughs> so notes for you guys, definitely, you know, ask for feedback both during or after sex. And some of that is going to depend on the woman you're with, but then also take notes about it. So then the next time that you're going to have sex with this woman, you can have these things in mind of, she said, I like it hard in this way, or I like it soft in this way, etc." Thanks for listening. To help other men find the podcast, please rate it on iTunes and write a review. Also, I'd love to hear your feedback. Which question did you find most helpful? Email me, greg at makeonlinedatingfun.com. And remember, to get your questions answered, go to makeonlinedatingfun.com slash questions. Why don't we just say, like, if interested, please inquire with Greg. (laughs) He'll free screen. That is definitely an option. Send a CV with photo. Yes. Yes. Please send (laughs) dating resume and photo. No recommendation letters required, but encouraged. That's what I call it. Just references.